Welcome to the Servative Hour. This is an anti-conservative movement call-in show. I'm the host, Brian Mary. The concept is a, a response to what the conservative movement media is going on about. Preference given, given to local conservative movement media and uh, representatives Sometimes those stories go national and international, such as with uh, Jeff Fortenberry or Charles Herbster or any number of things. Uh, but this night, <clears throat> it's going to be the guns and shootings debate, because it's the debate about the guns and the debate about the shootings, so many of them. Uh, so for this uh, May 31st, 2022, the guns and shootings debate. I've done this topic before, sometimes even with uh, local issues involved. And April 27th, 2021, I did post on Facebook. <clears throat> this is another one of those issues where I think everyone is going about it all wrong. They only work on the supply side. They never think about working on the demand side. There's a solid case to be made that having firearms around you makes it statistically more likely that you or yours will get a bullet in you. More guns do not mean less crime. John Lott is a liar. See, Lot of Lies, Armed with Reason. If public service announcements treating it as a public health and safety issue, as was done with tobacco, could be run, pointing this out, showing how it's not cool to shoot people, and some of the resulting misery you would have all the incontrovertible facts on your side, no Second Amendment involved, and the moral high ground. Or you could continue trying to ban them, which has mostly driven political pushback and increased demand. And with that, I have a link to Armed with Reason, a lot of lies, armedwithreason.com, uh, debunking Myths, uh, John Lott, War on Truth. And the article armed with at armedwithreason.com from December 1st, 2014, shooting down the gun lobby's favorite, quote, academic, A Lot of Lies. It's by Evan D. Philippus says it's a long read, so I'm not going to read, but just a bit of it. I think I have 13 articles. Probably won't get to them all. And that's something I try to provide with this show. Find, uh, do research to find what I think are the most important things to know on a topic, uh, put in what I think is the best way. And in approaching any topic, any uh, case made uh, to what the opposition is going on about, 
always uh, start with looking for the lie, looking for the lies, and going after those lies. And starting with the biggest lie and the biggest liar, the lie that, well, more guns always make everything more better. You're always more safer with more guns around. Of course, the logic of that, that you would be safer, always, statistically, does not bear out. In fact, they will say more training, but then there are those stories of uh, gun safety experts giving uh, firearms training, some even with the military or the police, who, well, they're having an article about it because they accidentally shoot themselves or someone or have an oops even after their years of training and instructing. Whereas if there had not been a firearm around, that uh, could not have happened, having a bullet fly through the air. Now, they'll say there are those situations where psycho killer is coming after you, although that rarely happens. And if it is happening a lot, wherever you are, there might be more that you need to do or someone needs to do about it. Anyway, back to armedwithreason.com. says, more guns, less crime. Guns are used more in self-defense than in criminal acts. The vast majority of mass shootings occur in gun-free zones. Good guys with guns stop mass shootings, and guns make women safer. All of these claims are staples of the gun lobby, and all of them rely on the research and advocacy of Dr. John Lott. And today, the more guns, less crime hypothesis has been thoroughly repudiated. On closer inspection, his impressive credentials reveal an academic nomad, never able to secure a place in academia, his ethical transgressions range from accusations of fabricating an entire survey to presenting faulty regressions to creating elaborate online personas to defend his work and bash his critics to trying to revise his online history to deflect arguments. And this doesn't even begin to cover the whole host of false claims and statistics he has peddled repeatedly in articles and TV appearances. And his book, Inaugurated, I'm skipping over some things here, his book, Inaugurated, A New Era in the Pro-Gun Movement. For the first time ever, organizations like the National Rifle Association could articulate their advocacy in the language of public health rather than in constitutional terms. To this day, legislators continue to cite John Lott's work as the basis for votes against gun control. The only problem, nearly nothing in the books is correct. And then it has some subsections here. Lott's swift fall from grace. Uh, it says more guns, less crime gets everything about the gun debate wrong. There weren't significantly more guns, and there wasn't less crime. 
and it has uh, Tim Lambert, a computer scientist at the University of New South Wales, who wrote a massive 47-page critique of Lot's book that revealed that. And you can go to reading the book. You can read the summary here. Let's see, Lot's swift fall from grace. Uh, another subsection, a lot of suspicious methodology. Uh, debunking more guns, less crime. And uh, the curious case of the changing table. And uh, the National Research Council verdict. Well, National Research Council's verdict was it's garbage to sum it up. But if you wanted to read their verdict in full, which goes on for a number of paragraphs, it's quite a good article. I've used it well, at least since 2014 when this topic has come up. Shooting down the gun lobby's favorite, quote, academic, unquote, dot, dot, a lot of lies. And that can be found on armedwithreason.com. Now, a good summary of what it has to say comes from a website, stophandgunviolence.org. This is uh, Gun Violence Research, GVpedia, the Encyclopedia for Gun Violence, I suppose. And it has uh, a lot of lies debunking John Lott, the NRA's favorite academic fact sheet from March 6, 2019. Gives a good summary of all that was in that article and in others. Economist John R. Lott, author of the 1998 book More Guns, Less Crime, has been touted as an expert by the corporate gun lobby, including the National Rifle Association. Lott's most prominent claims have been decisively refuted, yet he is still cited and published by media outlets including the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, L.A. Times, CNN, and Fox. In recent years, he has testified as an expert witness in Michigan, Tennessee, Wyoming, Nevada, and even the U.S. Senate. Lott is currently the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, where he promotes his book, The War on Guns, which has received rave reviews from prominent conservative politicians. But beneath the accolades, Lott has committed a host of ethical violations. In addition, his research is riddled with numerous flaws and inaccuracies, all of which completely undermines his credibility. Lott has, under the section Significant Ethical Violations, Lott has been caught fraudulently claiming to have published a study in the peer-reviewed econ journal Watch even though the journal had rejected his paper, falsely claiming that the mass shooting rate in Europe is equivalent to that in the United States, while his own research actually showed that the U.S. had double Europe's rate, falsely claiming that more than 99% of Brady background check denials are errors. An inspector general's report revealed that these background check denials are accurate in 99.8% of cases fabricating an entire survey on defensive gun use, 
When asked to provide hard evidence of the survey, he claimed all the data had been lost in a computer crash. Repeatedly supporting studies that have significant errors or that either nullify or reverse their results. And frequently hiding his work behind fake identities. In 2003, Lott was uncovered as having invented the identity Mary Roche, M-A-R-Y-R-O-S-H, who claimed to be a former student of Lott's to defend his own work. And in 2015, Lott was uncovered as the real author of the first-person account by stalking victim Taylor Woolrich. Lott's Flawed Research Lott's status as a credible expert rests on two deeply flawed foundations, his original research on right-to-carry laws and newer research on whether gun-free zones attract mass shooters. Lott's research claims that passing right-to-carry laws dramatically reduces rates of violent crime. However, in 2004, the National Research Council voted 15 to 1 that the current evidence could not support Lott's claim that right-to-carry laws reduce crime. And a majority of national research since 2005 finds that right-to-carry laws increase violent crime. And then it has a link to that concealed carry literature review. Lott's research on the intersection of gun-free zones and mass shootings makes three claims that right-to-carry laws greatly reduce such shootings, that only four mass shootings, where four or more people are killed since 1950, have occurred in areas that did not ban firearms, and that citizens with concealed carry permits frequently stop would-be mass shootings. Yet, a peer-reviewed 2002 study found no evidence that right-to-carry laws reduce mass public shootings, Lott's own research indicates that at least six additional mass shootings didn't occur in areas that banned guns. His own research misclassifies a significant number of mass shootings that actually occurred in areas allowing guns, ranging from Hialeah, Florida, to Umpaqua Community College in Oregon, an FBI report of 160 active shooting events found that only one was stopped by a concealed carry permit holder, compared with four by armed guards, two by off-duty police, and 21 by unarmed civilians. And then it says, for more information, uh, has uh, contact information there, <coughs> gvpedia.org, and then uh, links to all the articles uh, from where the information in this article was uh, gotten. Then, one final article on John Lott. And this matters because Lott, well, it's like the old Voltaire quote that uh, if you can get people to believe, and I'm probably mangling it a little bit, if you can get people to believe absurdities, uh, then you can get them to commit atrocities. And the absurdity here is uh, more guns, less crime. And if you do believe that uh, more guns make everything much more safe, well, then what kind of a monster are you to not want more guns? 
However, if it's a lie put forth by a liar who pops up everywhere whenever they need a liar to uh, claim to be uh, an expert on the subject and they hold him up as such, well, then. Anyway, the bogus claims of the NRA's favorite social scientist debunked. And this is from Vox.com. Uh, and it's by Evan D. Philippus and Devin Hughes from August 30th, 2016. And I won't get into much of this. I've gone on about John Lott, I think, enough. Let's see. The war against guns, arming yourself against gun control by John Lott, is well on its way to ascending to the pantheon of pro-gun literature. A parade of conservative heavyweights have lavished praise on the book since its publication this month. Among them, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Newt. Gingrich, Grover Norquist, and Coulter and Sean Hannity, Cruz opined that, quote, the Second Amendment has no better defender than John Lott, adding that with this book, Lott, quote, has done his country and the cause of gun rights a great service. Lott is also enjoying a moment as a cause celeb on the right. Conservative sites and the NRA itself are suggesting that there was some nefarious reason that an interview with Lott was cut from Katie Couric's documentary on gun violence, Under the Gun. The documentary director has replied that Lott's work has been, quote, largely discredited and that it made more sense to reserve the time for, quote, responsible gun owners. Lott's 250-page book covers a wide range of territory and seeks to debunk what he sees as many of the most common arguments by gun control advocates and their allies in the media. This is familiar territory for Lott, whose first major book, More Guns, Less Crime, published in 1998, marked a turning point in the gun debate. For the first time, it allowed the gun lobby to couch its arguments in the language of social science. The central finding in the book that rates of gun ownership and the existence of right-to-carry laws reduce violent crime have been the subject of numerous subsequent articles, the most sophisticated of which, of which conclude Lott's results are specious. A National Research Council report found that the data did not support the theory. After controversies involving his work and his aggressive, sometimes pseudonymous defense, using pseudonyms, pseudonymous of it online, Lott left academia to become the founder and president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Yet that has hardly dented Lott's reputation among defenders of minimal restrictions on guns. In our view, he remains the single most important quasi-academic figure opposing gun control. There are many people making Second Amendment arguments in favor of the right to bear arms, but he is the originator of two of the NRA's favorite talking points that right-to-carry laws reduce crime and that murderers seek out gun-free zones for their sprees. But despite the elusive, effusive praise from gun advocates and respectful treatment by the mainstream media, the war on guns is riddled with errors and falsehoods that undermine most, if not all, of its major claims. And uh, the subsections of this, Lott dismisses the link between guns and suicides. Every single case-controlled study done in the United States has found the presence of a firearm in the home is a strong risk factor for suicide. That's 24 separate studies. And uh, <clears throat> that's a section which uh, 
you could read if you wanted to. Lot is progenitor of the myth that mass shooters seek out gun-free zones. Um, and there is little to no evidence that wielding a gun makes you safer. That's another section. Other sections, evidence-free assertions about guns and children. A lot of disingenuousness as well as unskeptical media, unskeptical media attention. And uh, anyway, that article can be found on Vox.com under the headline The Bogus Claims of the NRA's Favorite Social Scientist Debunked. And I heard him on a syndicated program Sunday night when they said, oh, we're going to have guest John Lott. I thought, yeah, who else? Their go-to guy for telling you that more guns, less crime, more guns, more safe. Why would you ever want to not have more guns? Well, because John Lott is a liar. And if you look up John Lott lies, you can find all kinds of reasons why that's not the case. Or at least he's not a credible person to base such a claim on. But he has claimed. It's now 11.25 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Uh, the weather. It's now 69 degrees Fahrenheit here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Low predicted to be 53 degrees Fahrenheit. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, followed by increasing clouds with showers developing later in the day. Uh, with, uh, did I say a high of 68 degrees? Tomorrow, high of 68 degrees. And thank you, thank you, thank you. During the month of May, you donated $46,647 to KZUM. We don't yet know how much of the matching pool we'll get, but this is an amazing show of support, and we are very thankful for that. This summer, we have concerts at Stransky Park on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. A brand new news program on Saturday mornings, and of course, awesome music. Keep it tuned to KZUM. And now a song. This is uh, Cold Dead Hand by Jim Carrey, which I've played before for this topic. In February 2018, on Valentine's Day actually, February 14th, 2018, I posted on this topic, and the topic is uh, the guns and shootings debate. Every time these things happen, they always say what's needed is more guns for the sake of public safety and crime prevention. That would be what conservative movement media people say. 
and their elected representatives. So, I'll start again. Every time these things happen, they, conservatives, always say, what's needed is more guns for the sake of public safety and crime prevention. This rests on their being able to falsely claim more guns, more public safety, less crime. Unless you first destroy this false foundation upon which they're casting themselves as being the responsible ones rests, you only be... you only drive their sales and false narratives with your regulatory proposals. It's their sales pitch for weapons hoarding and human hunting, justified by saying it makes you safer, that must be gone after. This means first treating it as a public health and safety issue, about which much education and countering of the opposition's lies must be done. You can't really call the current gun control movement a success. The more the gun control movement has done, by way of focusing on legislation, rather than focusing on education, uh, the more loosening of gun laws, increasing of weapons sales, and misinforming of the public there has been. In the marijuana legalization movement, we didn't first go after legislation, with public perceptions being what they were, that would have gone nowhere. Only after decades of educating the public and exposing the lies of the opposition could we legislatively succeed. And we see that uh, happening now, although uh, it's still trying for that in Nebraska. From MediaMatters.org Cable, new, cable news fails to cover gun violence like the public health crisis it is. In 13 hours of coverage about the Atlanta shootings, there were only four, four mentions of gun violence as an epidemic. And yes, I advocate uh, what I think would be... Uh, because they always give you the false choice. What would stop it entirely? Nothing can stop it entirely, so I guess nothing can be done. No. No, you can make things better or worse. A lot better, a lot worse. A little effort, a lot of effort. It varies. So what can you do to reduce? Without worrying about whether you're going to be able to entirely eliminate. Well... You've got to believe people spend a lot of money on advertising because it has some effect. And uh, anti-smoking, anti-tobacco ads did have an effect showing some of the uh, costs, some of the drawbacks, instead of as the advertising did, always showing what a positive thing it was. Now you have every conservative movement outlet every conservative movement call-in talk radio station, although you can't really call in to most of the shows, the syndicated ones are like infomercials, and if there's any critics, it will be either phony uh, scripted shills hired actors doing, uh, seeming like they're going to really bring it and then somehow failing every time, because as uh, Limbaugh did admit, the callers are there to make the host look good can never have anyone call in that would make the host look bad. 
if any criticism at all is actually leveled, it's that uh, the host is not being nearly conservative enough in whatever extreme they're going to. But, um, yeah, every outlet is usually paired with an advertiser that's uh, a gun shop or a gun range or uh, some sort of uh, you know, militia training facility and uh, social club. And the uh, programming itself is always making the sales pitch that uh, more guns, more safe, more wonderful in every way. Well, there are benefits and there are costs. You might enjoy some target practice, but you also might find that uh, you're not actually more safe with having it around. There are cases where someone heard a noise outside, they grabbed their pistol, this is actually something that happened, and they open the shades, and oh, it's a policeman who is checking on the property, and the policeman sees someone standing there with a pistol in their hand, so the policeman will shoot them as they are instructed to do under such circumstances, and so the pistol in the hand of the homeowner who was hearing a noise outside did not in that case, make them more safe. It made them more dead. Anyway, cable news fails to cover gun violence like the public health crisis it is, and I'm sure public service announcements, they don't in any way come uh, close to uh, any Second Amendment concerns, but I'm sure they would howl to have anyone giving a uh, counter sales pitch just as with the tobacco industry, to actually say that these might not be uh, beneficial to your health, they will and would howl. But as far as saying the Constitution or the Second Amendment says you can't run public service announcements, well, publishing uh, genuine, credible research, perhaps showing the ugliness of the uh, effects of... Uh, some of the bad things that can happen with firearms might reduce sales, might reduce the number of weapons in circulation and uh, actually uh, make us safer. It's just an idea. Anyway, cable news fails to cover gun violence like the public health crisis it is. In 13 hours of coverage about the Atlanta shootings, there were only four mentions of gun violence as an epidemic. This is written by Sydney. Argus, <clears throat> and uh, with contributions on research from Alex Walker, and it's from uh, March 20th, 21. 2021. Hmm. Old article. All right. <clears throat> Gun violence is a public health crisis that kills around 40,000 Americans every year. Yet, cable news routinely treats shootings like isolated incidents and fails to put the violence in broader, substantive, 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 substantial context. In the 48 hours after the Atlanta Spa's mass shooting in March, the three major national cable news networks, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox, covered the shootings for nearly 13 hours, but gun violence as a national epidemic was mentioned only four times in the coverage. Each day in the United States, 316 people are shot, out of which 106 die. Of that, 22 people shot are under the age of 18, and five of them die. 64 of these fatal, those fatal shootings are gun suicides, 
Every month, an average of 53 women are fatally shot by their partners, and one million women alive today report being shot or shot at by an abusive partner. In 2021 alone, there have been 143 mass shootings defined as four or more people shot. This public health epidemic lingers in part because of underinvestment in marginalized communities, inadequate access to mental health resources, and a nationwide patchwork of some of the loosest gun laws among high-income countries that create easy access to firearms. Yet this systemic context is almost never mentioned in cable news coverage of gun violence. And then it goes on to give documentation of that. Highly detailed, but as is often the case with uh, MediaMatters.org, with so much research and so much to read, I will just leave that for anyone who cares to look that up on their own to find on MediaMatters.org under the headline, Cable News Fails to Cover Gun Violence Like the Public, Public Health Crisis It Is. And it's also partly because it's an article from a year ago, I'm sure in response to mass shootings then, and I wanted something that did more to cover the latest mass shootings. So, from wonket.com, the top 396 stupidest quotes from NRA convention goers after America's latest child massacre. And I do not believe it actually goes into 396 quotes. That would be... Uh, Hyperbole. This is by Evan Hurst from May 31st, 2022. Quote, Society is going downhill and the problems are getting bigger and bigger, said Lyndon Boff, a 67-year-old retiree from Florida. Quote, I hate that so many people got killed in this shooting, but the first thing you have is a president that says, quote, we got to do something about it because it's guns that killed the people. No, it's their programs teaching children in school that our country is a bunch of crap. End quote. Oh, God. The newspapers went to the NRA convention in Houston, the one held the weekend after the bunch of children were murdered with guns several hours west in the town of Uvalde, the one all the entertainment ducked out of because it was too embarrassing even for third-rate gross idiot conservative country stars to be seen there and the newspapers talked to the people as you can see above they talked to Lyndon age 67 who is just pretty sure guns don't kill people programs in school that say our country is a bunch of crap kill people so that's a moron and they talked to a bunch more people this is the paragraph just above poor Lyndon's quoted in the Texas Tribune. They described feeling ostracized for their beliefs, and not just those on guns, for their refusal to get the COVID-19 vaccine, for their objections to gay people serving as teachers, and for their belief in disciplining children through spanking. End quote. Just because they're stupid, malevolent blanks, these oppressed people are feeling ostracized. Bless their hearts. Let's keep mingling and see who else we meet. As the Tribune explains, of all the people they talked to, none saw guns or the easy availability of them to mass shooters 
as part of the problem. It is how there is no God in public school and mental illness and internet. Why are there not mass shootings in countries even more secular than the U.S.? Why doesn't mental illness gun down people on the regular in Europe? And do other countries have a different internet from ours? Please don't ask questions. These people are not good at questions. Here's somebody. Quote, It's not a gun problem, it's a society problem, said Bill Forch, F-O-R-C-H-T, Forched, a 71-year-old retired management executive at the Coca-Cola Company who lives in Magnolia, just outside of Houston. Quote, they want to demonize us because we like shooting guns and believe in defending ourselves. End quote. Bill, who are we assuming is white, could not possibly understand how little this is personally about him. Somebody named Anna from Tennessee, who is 53 years old, knows how to stop it. Quote, If you allow somebody to defend themselves the way our Second Amendment was intended, you'll put a stop to a, a lot of this, she said. Stop pussyfooting with these people. End quote. She was apparently talking about giving teachers guns. You know, the way it says in the Second Amendment. Can you imagine teachers trying to line up their students tallest to shortest in the middle of an active shooter situation? While with one hand they're just firing off some rounds, hopefully in the direction of the shooter? Stay calm, children. Her 68-year-old husband Paul, of course, believed... Uvalde was a false flag operation. You know, the gun grabbers are always doing false flags. Politico was also in the convention center looking for stupids who believe it was a false flag. They found some. Quote, Why didn't it happen three days ago? Asked Jim Hollis, a lifetime NRA benefactor from St. Louis. Quote, I'm not sure that there are not forces someplace that somehow find troubled people and nurture and develop them and push them for their own agendas. End quote. Yeah, and why did it happen just a few days before that, and a few days before that, and a few days before that? That's how vast the conspiracy is, man. There's just always a fresh mass shooting within days of every NRA convention. Back to the Texas uh, newspaper article. Hollis who, asserted, Hollis, who asserted the shooter in Ovalde, quote, could have walked in there with a baseball bat and possibly killed as many kids, unquote, feared the, quote, the attack on gun rights was strengthening after Uvalde. <clears throat> End of quote. Hate it when people rush into schools and baseball bat 19, 19 students and two teachers to death. Back to the Texas newspaper article, quote, there are people who thought they could use this Uvalde situation to dampen this meeting, he said. That's the NRA convention. Said another man, who declined to give his name at the conference, quote, it's straight out of a playbook, end quote. You betcha. Politico also found a man named Joe Chambers who said, quote, it's not a gun control problem, it's a demon control problem. Okay, mister, Joe's wife, Anna, knew what was really happening. Quote from the article, his wife, Anna, gestured to the TV cameras and demonstrators outside. Quote, this is all propaganda, she said. They'll use anything to make us look bad. 
Remarkable how they'll use anything to make NR people look bad. How do 19 dead children murdered with automatic shooty things have anything to do with guns? Politico reports that a talking point they kept hearing from garden variety attendees was that if the government can send $40 billion to Ukraine, it can do more to fortify the schools. So we guess that's going around. And of course, some of the quotes are dumb, but not worth reprinting. Just people who say they're sad about all the deaths, but hate it when the deaths make them good and lovely and wonderful gun owners who just travel God knows how many miles to NRA conventions so they can rub gun shafts together look bad. You know, they're just... They just feel ostracized, y'all. Oh, well, thoughts and prayers for all of that. Now, I have some statistics here. Well, not exactly statistics, but they'll often point to democratic cities, as uh, especially Chicago, as being what you should really be concerned about when it comes to murder. However... And they'll say it's due to, uh, you know, the liberalism of those areas and not enough conservatism. From CBSNews.com, murder map, deadliest U.S. cities. And this is uh, from February 23rd, 2022 by Elisha Fieldstadt. So it's uh, as current as can be. And surprise, surprise, the top... Murder cities, you don't get to Chicago until number 26, so it's not even in the top 20. And I don't think New York City is even on the list. So we'll start with the top city. You might know it if you follow this sort of thing. It's a Midwestern city, St. Louis, Missouri, number one for the highest murder rates per 100,000 people. I'll just say what it is and skip that part in the other ones. Okay, uh, with 64.54 murders per 100,000 residents, St. Louis had the highest murder rate for any major American city. Okay. And we'll go to number one, St. Louis, a Midwestern city. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland, number two. So that would be uh, Mid-Atlantic City, East Coast. So, yeah, a little bit of the East Coast there. Baltimore, Maryland, number two. Number three, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, a deep south st city in uh, deep south red state. And then here's one you've heard of, I'm sure, uh, Detroit, Michigan, number four. So that's the Rust Belt, uh, sort of Midwest. Uh, Dayton, Ohio, number five, uh, Rust Belt again. Uh, number six, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, deep south city, deep south state. Number seven, New Orleans, Louisiana. Actually, Louisiana, when I get around to the top murder states, Louisiana is number one. So number seven, New Orleans, Louisiana. Number eight, Kansas City, Missouri, Midwest. Number nine, Memphis, Tennessee, the south. Number 10, Cleveland, Ohio, the Rust Belt. And so it goes on, number 11, Richmond, Richmond, Missouri, I mean, Richmond, Virginia, number 12, Miami Gardens, Florida, uh, and so on. So by city, a lot of cities there in the Midwest and the Deep South. 
As I said, you don't get to Chicago until number 26. And I don't think New York is even there. Then the uh, from worldpopulationreview.com, state rankings murder rate by state. Here are the 10 states with the highest murder rate. Louisiana, number one. Missouri, number two. Nevada, number three. Maryland, four. Arkansas, five. Alaska, six. Alabama, seven. Mississippi, eight. Illinois, nine. So there's uh, Chicago in Illinois, but it's not so much the city itself, but uh, the state. Number nine. Number ten, South Carolina. Show. It's a lot of deep south and midwestern states for the highest murder rate. So when they say, oh, what about Chicago? What about New York? What about California? Uh, yeah, what about St. Louis, Missouri, uh, Birmingham, Alabama? And uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, along with New Orleans. And uh, Birmingham, yeah. Show. Okay. Getting down to close to the end of the show with um, six articles. Probably won't get to but one, perhaps. So let it be this one from Wonka.com. Maybe cops let Uvalde shooter keep killing, but at least they handcuffed some parents. It's by Dr. Zoom from May 27th, 2022. It was bad enough to learn Thursday that police in Uvalde, Texas, stood around outside Robb Elementary School for 40 minutes to an hour, doing nothing, while 18-year-old with while an 18-year-old with an AR-15 barricaded himself inside a fourth-grade classroom, killing 19 children and two teachers. But even later yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reported that the police inaction had been far worse even than that and that Texas law enforcement officials had revised significant parts of their previous account of what happened during Tuesday's sh school shooting. The police response to the shooting <clears throat> just looks worse and worse. One smart blank on Twitter grimly joked that we're about, quote, one update away from finding the cops shot a couple of the fleeing kids. The journal piece is a disturbing account of chaos and dysfunction by law enforcement. Although the staid prose of the Wall Street Journal avoided the most accurate description, which is that it was a complete uh, blank. We also cluster blank. We also found a link to a paywall-free archive version. Today's press conference by Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McCraw made clear that the management of the police response was even more chaotic than the reporting so far. For starters, the initial reports that the shooter was met at the school by an armed school district police officer turned out to not have happened at all, according to DPS Regional Director Victor Escalon. Mr. Escalon said Thursday that information was incorrect and no one encountered Ramos as he arrived at the school. Quote, there was not an officer readily available and armed, Mr. Escalon said. Oh. And the story they gave was so detailed, even saying that the police who confronted him made him drop an ammunition bag. So, yeah, I think there should be look, some looking into who made up that lie. 
and I believe there will be. And I'm just going to leave off on the rest of that article. In fact, I've run out of time entirely. So next week, I'm going to have someone from uh, Secular Democrats of Nebraska on the show. And this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening, and good night to you all. <laughs>